0: I just sat through your anti-relational voicemail because I have the best news ever. I'm doing a podcast. Oh my goodness, I'm dying right now. It's called Recovering. K okay, bye. Give me your strength and show me your weakness.
1: We're in this together now. We're in this together now, give me your love and tell me your secrets Cause we're in this together now, yeah we're in this together now
0: Welcome everyone, welcome to another episode of Recovering. I am your host, Jennifer Don Watts, and today I have a special guest here with me. So my friend Dan Hines ended up being in Calgary today, well, for this week, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: yeah, I'm here for about 10 days. I'm doing a couple couple different experiences here. Yeah.
0: Okay, cool. So Dan contacted me on Facebook, and um, part of 12-step recovery is just doing the next right thing. So I thought it was amazing that he happened to be here, and um, our last episode we talked about what it means to gather in a group, um, what we experience when we gather together, that feeling, what happens. And I also mentioned you, Dan, because um, Dan's groups are another group where I've experienced that kinonia, that um, some say koinonia, some say kinonia. Do you know what it is? Yeah, I do. What is yeah. it? Okay, tell me. Good first question.
1: Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Greek Greek reference that comes from uh, I think from the from either Paul or the book of Acts, I can't remember exactly where in the New Testament, but it's a reference to, uh, I would call it, um, deep community, you know, community beyond the superficial. So it's when we actually take some risks to go into some chaotic field together and to see how we can go into, you know, a practice of emptiness and a practice of... of Reimagining uh, what it is to be together with other people in a, in a way that it maybe isn't how we were socialized to be, and and to, to learn together. So that when I hear koinonia, that's how I pronounce it. When I hear koinonia, I hear uh, the movement through all these different layers of pseudo community into an authentic community.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so. That matters to me, experiencing that, because in my own journey in 12-step recovery, I mean, I think that I experienced it previously in church as well. I did. I'm sure that I did. Um, sometimes it would happen in singing, like worship music. So it's neat that it can happen without us having to talk. Um, but there were these other places where I would experience it um, for periods of time, like when I did Mission Year, this mission in Chicago, and we lived together in community. Um, We had these practices we engaged in. That was that type of a feeling and experience. Um, But I've also experienced it in your groups. And so Dan offers these retreats. And the retreat has many different components. uh, But one of them is these circles of trust. And people are in a process of discernment. Um, And what was especially neat to me about that is that the group also contributes to that process. So when I've had it happen before, um, it does seem to be something more like where people are just sharing without other people, you know, talking at them. Like it's, there is a format usually, and usually there's people just sharing. Um, But in in your formats, it's not just people just sharing, but also the group contributes. So like maybe you could share a bit more about it because I know I'm not doing it justice of what these are like. So maybe say more about these circles of trust.
1: Uh, when I, wh- you know, and I've been in lots of different circles that have um, different guidelines and different norms and different reasons for being together. But one of the things I appreciate about what I would call a circle of trust in this lineage that comes to me through Parker Palmer and others who have been my teachers and mentors, I, I think it has to do with the in- the intention uh, around the sharing. I think in most of the other circles and groups I've been a part of when people are sharing and speaking, they are speaking to the group. They're trying to communicate to the group and we're we're trying to find mutual understanding. We're trying to communicate in such a way that other people in the circle can understand what I'm saying and and we check in and make sure that we understand each other. What happens in a circle of trust is uh, we actually don't worry about understanding one another. Um, if we do understand e- each other, or, um, that's a, that's a wonderful thing, and that that. But that's not the goal. The goal is to understand our own storytelling, our own truth telling. So each person is making a commitment to themselves, first and foremost, uh, to just be as courageous and honest as we're ready to be with what we need to say out loud. But we're really speaking. Allowed to hear ourselves say those words aloud, and we are being witnessed you know, loving people are hearing us, and they're hearing us into a deeper speech because um, there's no attempt to do anything with what we're saying, and we're also not directing our words to the group we're directing it to ourselves i I, I like to use the mm, the visual of uh, of arrows or boomerangs you know in normal conversation we're firing a lot of arrows around and the arrows have targets and uh, and we're trying to fire these arrows in order to get them close to the bullseye so that we understand one another but in in these circles there's an opportunity just to kind of throw a boomerang and and then it's your own words your own truth telling and you're just throwing it to just watch it circle around and then come back to you and and you catch it again and and put it back in your pouch when you're ready and so that 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 intention uh, when it's held well when that discipline is held and that understanding of how we're the purpose behind why we're sharing then we all get a chance to witness everybody in the circle um, you know struggling trying to kind of Rediscover a, a vocabulary of and, and a, a language around their own experience, and um, and then we we find that there's actually a soul, there is a, a true self within us that w- wants to just say a few words, wants to, to communicate with us, wants to reveal uh, something, usually in the form of of questions. At first, and then once that happens, then the responses, the implications of those questions begins to be revealed. And uh, so that's why it's a very different energy than a lot of the circles that um, I've been in before.
0: And do you think that people could do that process? Like if it is just a boomerang, could they do it alone? Or is there something about the group that makes it different?
1: Yeah, and I think that's the... Kind of spiritual genius of the Quaker tradition um, where a lot of these practices came t- to 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 me uh, through Parker uh, was that they w- believe that the community is actually very important that we need the encouragement of other people. we just need their presence and the reassurance that we're not alone. Mm-hmm. and there's also I think something a well, lot it's neurological when we are Speaking aloud, we're activating all sorts of parts of, um, of the brain that we don't if we're just thinking an internal thought. We're also physically manifesting through our vocal cords, through hearing the words um, all escaping outside of our mouth, floating around a room, and knowing that other ears are hearing it. Um, I love this idea that the group can serve as an amplifier, mm. that my soul has a very tender very, uh, micro wattage of energy. Uh, and, but when I, when I get into a discipline group who have some agreements and are willing then to just receive my words, they actually give it volume and resonance. They actually boost the signal, you know, they give it some wattage so we can serve as an amplifier for each person by holding to this, um, this mutual agreement that we are going to um, speak aloud when we're ready to speak, and that in the process of speaking aloud, we are um, we're, we're actually physically manifesting, you know, through our through our through our voice and through the air that's coming out of my lungs, pushing through my vocal cords. I mean, it has a physical reality to it that it doesn't if it's just an internal thought.
0: Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Because yeah. yeah, I was thinking even if. If it's a boomerang, like if I could speak it out loud and then hear myself, I'm sure that would be a process. Mm-hmm. But there's still something about the group that is like pretty critical to it, right?
1: That's right. I mean, I I I, I like to to do lots of writing, you know, for my blog or or journal writing. Uh, that's an incredible uh, discipline as well, and that can be very revealing when we're writing. But I I think that there's the the energy is even. I I think there's even greater possibilities about a spoken practice in a group. Mm. Um, The other is that you know then this comes out of the Hebrew prophets. You know, uh, so this is a bit of a mystical understanding, but that we actually are creating reality in in our thinking. We're we're manifesting the universe around us that has a lot of potential, but when when we when we think thoughts, um, th- th- we are subtly putting out a little bit of a, of a bow wave in front of the boat. And we're, we're generating a field of possibilities, and those probabilities are, are growing with the way we're thinking. And then when we begin to speak aloud what, we were, what we're thinking, uh, that's what the Hebrew prophets actually called prophecy, which was that they had this, this desire within them And this truth, this debar, this sacred truth within them, but when they actually spoke it out loud, they manifested it and it made the future more likely to happen, uh, but because they spoke it out loud.
0: Amazing. Okay. So I'm totally into this and I think most of us are, I think most of us want to be part of a community. We want to be safe enough to speak our truth out loud. We you know, want to get in touch with our desires. Um, But, uh, and you and I have talked about this a little bit in terms of we need a certain level of safety or we also need structure. There's a few elements that seem to make this possible. And what I love about the work that you're doing is there's some overlap with 12-step, but then there's also some differences. So what would you say is necessary in order to have these types of experiences together
1: yeah, and I, uh, I, I also I value th- these traditions like circles of trust and like 12 steps where they've operationalized. Like, I really thought a, a lot about how do we become consistent and it's almost like a technology of the soul. Like it's, it's really thinking carefully about how to replicate the kind of conditions that make it more likely that we're going to trust each other. Right, and we were talking earlier before, and I was saying that you know the when you have good, uh, good norms and good guidelines, and reference points and boundaries, and you have them articulated and explained, and and people get them, you know, and and they're maybe they're reinforced with some metaphor and some visual images, which helps a lot too. I find then, and there's buy-in, you know, when we're all in agreement with that, then we trust those things, uh, and then real people begin to show up like really broken hearted joyful r- resilient people begin to appear in the room and they're very trustworthy because we i we know who they are and 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 we become beautiful to one another like we f- we fall in love with each other we 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 relax you know and um, so, uh, how does that happen? Or how do we make that happen? Yeah, I, th- I think one of the main uh, ways is that we, have, we, unlearn, <laughs> we unlearn some socialized patterns. Um, and we have to be very clear about them. And so, in the circle of trust tradition, we name them out loud. We say there is no fixing, no saving. No advising, no correcting in the circle. You know, we're not here to debate with one another. We're not here to challenge each other. We're not here to hold each other accountable. We're not here to um, one up one another with our stories or um, share books that have helped us. Um, those are there's a place for all of those um, those those ways of being with other people. But for this uh, purpose of Creating safety and trust, we are going to all agree not to rush in and invade one another. And uh, but we're also going—you know—we're not going to evade each other either. We're gonna, actually going to sit together and hold the mystery of human suffering and human um, compassion and happiness. And we're going to—we're going to sit in all of that field together uh, with one another and not invade and not evade. But just regard one another and witness one another into being.
0: So that sounds amazing, right? And I've been part of it, and it is amazing. Um, have you ever had times where people agree and then don't do those things? <laughs>
1: yeah, sure, sure, <laughs> me. <laughs> and when I'm facilitating it's, uh it's always very humbling, right? When when the facilitator uh, you know slips and uh, does something. You know, and I've been I've been with my mentors where I've watched them just, you know, and we've talked about it afterwards and just said, "Wow, that was a very different and it, it, you know, you you create different energy when it does happen. And I, I think you know I, I love the phrase, you know, forgive and remember. So, you know, forgive yourself. Uh we're always gonna uh, one of the things I do remind the group too is when we talk about no fixing, saving, advising, correcting, um, no judging. Uh, when the going gets rough, turn to wonder. I wonder why I'm reacting. I wonder why I'm going, what wonder why this person is pushing my buttons right now. But the the fact that I am judging, the fact that I want to fix, that I want to advise, that I want to correct this person, that I think I know what's going on, I think I know what they need to do, that's always going to be there for me. I, I I don't know how to turn that off. Like that is... I'm aware of it in me uh, in myself and so I I anticipate that in every group other people are going to be struggling with this as well they're going to be having their judgments they're going to be having their moments when they just desperately want to say something to analyze this person and diagnose their problem um and and because you know it's especially when we see somebody in suffering who is going through a difficulty it would be inhuman not to want to uh lessen their pain right mm-hmm. and yet how do i also know that pain and suffering is part of the human experience and and i can just also be patient to allow give this person an enough opportunity to, to rediscover the resources within themselves and if i rush in too quickly i may i may short shortcut that or short circuit that ability for them to find that in themselves yeah
0: and you're saying something to me I think it's related to this earlier but it, it really meant a lot to me when you said it because it was this way of listening even if we're not in a group and this practice that I think you said you're practicing and I as soon as you said it because I was listening to you I was like "Ooh, am I doing that or I want to practice this too so What was, do you know what I mean when I'm asking you about when there was something about how we listen to people without actually uh, doing something or making it about us? I forget the words you were using, but I was like, I want to listen more purely uh, in general. So, what is that about?
1: Yeah, I, 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 uh, uh, this is just more sort of recent thinking about and, and observation about groups but i I do notice that there's a different field of energy we create when we listen to people and we're not forming a response and we're not th- concerned with what wise or helpful thing we're gonna offer next, and we're also not hearing their words and converting it into something that we need um but we're 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 with as much purity as we can bring to it, you know, and it's always for me always um. Not, not without some, you know, mm. ego attachment sometimes, or, um, or without this sort of judging um, thing that 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 you know I I just do, or analyzing for sure, but j- just to listen and and to see the sacred mystery of this other person, and that they have a secret garden that I'm not invited into. And they are speaking from that place of their own uh, secret, their own beautiful uh, divine essence. And I can listen to them and be present to them and just regard them and really see them and take their words in and they f- and we we feel it like when someone really listens to us like that it it feels different and maybe it's subtle maybe there's body language that we give off um maybe it's just on the level of some kind of spiritual pheromones i i don't know like the, but there's something we 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 can feel in a group when a group is listening this way and it's very different than when we're you know we're being heard. You know people are listening to us, but we know that there's an agenda. We know that there we're we're going to get we're going to receive something in a moment in response to what we're saying. I think uh, a lot of people do struggle in the circles with with this type of listening, and and part of it is that when someone speaks, that there's no follow up. You know there's there's silence usually and sometimes extended silence, and then the next person will speak. You know and there's no and because there's no response, at first, that seems really odd to people, you know, and they struggle with that. What? Why don't we do something with this, this person? Especially if someone shares something really difficult, and we think, shouldn't the group do something, you know? and um, But just to sit in the mystery of that, and then and then once people get it, and then they relax because it's a lot easier to listen this way. It's a lot easier. You know?
0: Yeah, it reminds yeah. me of my first 12-step meeting because I remember... When I shared, I, well, first when I went in, I was really defensive and I thought I didn't belong and I compared with everybody and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But when it finally came to me and I had this chance to share, I was surprised at first. I I started crying and I was really upset and I was surprised in what I was hearing myself say because I had repressed and blocked so much of that. Um, But then what was so interesting to me and so different than my church experiences or small group is that... um, there was this feeling of genuine care. Like it was a real feeling of we're here for you. I got phone numberless. The way that they looked at me, there was this care. But it was the least codependent care I'd ever received right. because there was this thing of um, nobody was like jumping in and worried or are you going to be okay or da 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 da. like there was no real energy around that it was sort of like we're doing this mm-hmm. thing and we care about you and if you want to do this thing with us that'd be great but if you don't that's okay too and just sort of letting me be and go so it, and it's the same principle when we share we share and then the people say thank you for your share or whatever and then you move on like okay Dan would you like to share now so there's something about that nobody's saying anything after that is something that I think we have to get used to and I think what you're talking about even in listening in general is just this, is it okay just to speak and let it be without any exactly. other thing being done to it?
1: Yeah. I, I, sometimes sometimes I like to refer to this as welcome to the human race, right? It's just, it's just a sense of, like, okay, this is, what a, this is what being a human looks like, right? And uh, and if a group can just sort of be with that and just uh, I, what a beautiful gift to offer each other, this, this deep acceptance, this deep... Um, you know, knowing of one another, and 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 then a, and then a sense of, I gain what I gain a lot from the group in that moment is I gain confidence to know that I'm not alone, that what I'm saying isn't generating a lot of drama in the room all of a sudden, that I'm not being, uh, all of a sudden the fixation of um, of help, you know, but that and, and also um, I think when we Listen in this way. We're saying to the person, "I trust that you have the resources within yourself, and have a wisdom that surpasses my wisdom, and that this you have this opportunity now to to just uh, access your own your own resources, and I'm going to help you to do that by just giving you this opportunity to to do it aloud. Which is what a, what a gift to actually." I do it with spoken word. So.
0: And what are open questions? Because I thought I would have known, and then I got the instructions for them. But I remember then we have to practice asking open questions. And usually it's to you, which I love that you put forward one of your own things that you're struggling with. So part of these circles of trust, there are these other ways that we share and we read poetry, et cetera. We have pictures that we look at and we see what connects with us and we can share. But then Part of the work that you do are also clearness committees. And in these clearness committees, one person can um, work through a problem that they're trying to discern, and then um which is amazing to get to be the focus person i've had that once and then um, it's also amazing to get to be the people that are questioning Um, but in order to do that process we have to practice asking these open questions and i was surprised at how hard it is (laughs) to ask an open question but it got easier once we practiced so what are open questions
1: Mm. the sort of simplest way I can describe an open question is to say, it's a question I'm asking and I don't know the answer to it. Uh, you know, the, w- what the response might be to this question, I really have nothing attached to. I, I'm not asking the question because I've got an idea of how this question is going to reveal something to this person, or I'm going to get them to see something I want them to see or I'm going to get them to say the magic words that I want them to say or whatever the, you know the or I, and I don't have advice you know subtly veiled in the question and I'm not the question isn't sticky you know I I haven't got a lot I haven't got a lot of my own needs for this person or my wisdom and guidance for this person built into that question but I what what an open question is is well, it's a bit of an ink blot, you know. It's it, it's a bit of an uh, opportunity for them to see whatever question they want to see in what I'm asking, and so uh, I take my question and I just place it in this space in between the two of us, and then the person that I'm asking the question of, they can just pick up the question and they they're free to see whatever they want to see in that question, and I have no control over that. I'm not trying to. So uh, in the tradition, we talk in terms of it isn't really question and answer, it's question and then response. So the the questions are just an evocative opportunity for the person receiving the question to not even just hear my question, but to hear the question under, under the question, right? To hear the deeper question their own soul is asking here. But there's a gift in doing this in community because we get a chance to have a question that comes from outside of us. Yeah, and questions, open questions, are simple. They, you try not to ask yes or no, um, because that, those tend to be more answer-oriented questions. So you want to ask more expansive questions than ones that just have a yes or no answer. You don't want to ask questions that about curiosity or more backstory. You're not asking questions to understand this person more, understand their situation. Try not to ask analytical or kind of diagnostic kind of questions. You, you're trying to ask see
0: it's getting harder
1: <laughs> i know i know so those are and, these are and there's a whole series of guidelines around <laughs> these things you know and and yet you know um uh, questions that are pretty whimsical are, are pretty are pretty amazing like uh, there's some can be because uh, you can use uh, the imagination is incredible and you can use questions especially if someone is speaking in say uh in metaphor or in visual images it's kind of fun to play with those and to ask them some questions based on something, but the one of the big uh, guidelines is to ask a question that is true to the language the person is using so don't change their language don't all of a sudden insert new words in so being very consistent with the actual words the specific words that they're using or the specific example they're giving and then and then and then helping them to uh, go deeper into that that revelation, um, but consistent with their words. So we're not interpreting one another. Yeah.
0: Yeah, That reminds me of an EMDR when we, even do things like safe place or the actual EMDR, they would say to us that, like, when the person goes to their safe place and they describe it, we would have to write down word for word and then say those exact same words back to them, not even changing it.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: Yeah. Like, not even changing it just a little bit, right? Because yeah. there's something about us then inserting ourselves. And the interesting principle with EMDR when I first discovered it was this idea that people and their brain and their bodies, et cetera, actually want to move towards healing and can move towards healing. And sometimes it's just once this little block is removed, then it knows the exact path that it needs to go. So they said, kind of when you do this, one of the big things they would say, and they would say, and then get out of the way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Actually, that's, that's one of the phrases I use all the time about facilitation, you know, is that set up the practice, you know, and get... Uh, you know make make sure that make sure that we've got good clarity around uh, around how we're doing this together and the way we want to be with one another in this very specific way right and then uh and then as a facilitator you know really get out of the way because it, it's so easy to kinda want to have the group succeed you know and be a successful experience you know i I used to have a lot of attachment to this idea that. I wanted these experiences to be good for people and I wanted them to turn out a certain way and now I'm learning you know just set up good practice Dan Uh, that's all you need to do and then this is very trustworthy process so just get out of the way at that point yeah
0: do you have you've done a lot of these now, so i'm what I'm curious about is do you have any like your say your top three open questions that like if you're stuck and you have to ask something and it's really quiet that you'll pull one of these
1: oh yeah, sure, sure I've got a couple in the I got a couple in the quiver at all times, right oh um one I really love is okay, so in all of what you've just described, what has surprised you mm-hmm. uh another I really love is. As you are talking to us, what is happening in your body? What are you noticing? Um, and then, I you know, I, I think uh, one of the great questions, which can sound sometimes a little bit rough and brutal, maybe, is uh, you know, what do you want? You know, um, helping people clarify for themselves and to name and to own what they want, what they need, what they want. What they long for, um, what's blocking them, you know. Yeah, I I I think any of those kind of and they're very si- those are very simple questions, right? Um uh, and, and just one last one, you know, that I think is always kind of an interesting one is uh, you know, what do you need to let go of in all of this? Which usually gets to that sort of issue of the block or the 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 piece that's no longer helpful. The old map, I would say. Sometimes the old the old map. I'm still trying to figure out where I am, but I've got this old map, and I'm, I'm l- l- you know a long time ago I went off this map, but I'm still trying to desperately find myself on this map. So what's you know uh, what do you need to let go of? What's the old map? Yeah.
0: And even for those, I think um, I might I maybe I'm too sensitive, but I might even receive it better if it was something like, "Is there anything you need to let go of?" rather than what do you need to let go of, would you think that that's a distinction that's helpful or not so much?
1: Yeah, and and then that example of letting go, it would be more in reference to someone who's already indicated that there's something that they want to let go of, okay. right? So I wouldn't just assume that I could introduce that uh, letting go idea. But oftentimes what comes up when people are in, you know, clearness committee and they're sharing about, they're, they're, they begin to, to identify things that they need to let go of. Uh, and and then helping them kind of go deeper into that. I mean, one of the other great things we always can offer one another is, you know, say I'm the focus person. I say I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm just really frustrated. Uh, you know, a great question is always, you know, what lies underneath that frustration or where is the frustration coming from or uh, what have you not yet identified as a source of the frustration, you know? And 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 I I I think there's a there's an opportunity for the focused person sometimes to push back against a question, and I think that's also very revealing. So it's okay for me if I get it wrong some a little bit, you know, or if I make an assumption a little bit, as long as my assumptions don't have agendas. Like, and that's and I know that's subtle, but there is a difference. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I, I really appreciated that when we would practice with you, and you're like, no. I, I don't think so. I don't. I'm not gonna answer that. Or no, I'm not resonating with that. Or no, that's not an open question. Like you were very um, willing to um, not risk, like, or if our feelings got hurt or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. I, for me, the 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 safety uh, and trust of the group for me is very important. And. And I also know that that my you know myself and everyone in the circle that we're going to struggle sometimes with countercultural, um, you know, th- going against the sort of grain of our socialization, is particularly in group behavior. So, so I know that we're going to have to really get clear about it, and I know we we need to have uh, moments where we are identifying when we're doing it again. Oh, we're doing that again. This is this is that you know th- that way of being with one another that maybe is useful in other places but in this place we we want to work with this agreement together and just see where it takes us because the purpose of being together is different than it is in other groups that have a they have a different purpose right from the get go the purpose of this circle is for every person to gain access to their own soul in order to hear what they need to hear from the, the, from themselves and with that purpose in mind these are the the operational principles and practices that best serve that. And so let's, let's bring ourselves back to it now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I love what you were just saying, because I think that as I think about what I hope for my purpose and some of the work that I do, or even the concept of recovering, um, I think that it's been centered around addiction. Uh, that word recovery brings up a lot with 12 step and addiction, And some people will say that these steps are for everyone, but they'll point it in the direction of like, oh, we're all addicted to something. I don't actually really um, resonate with that idea as much. Um, I don't think that I'm just gathering uh, to stay free of whatever the particular addiction is. I think that there's something deeper about what it means to, like the word recover is getting something back And I think I'm trying to get back to my birthright and who I am and that more childlike innocent part of myself that didn't learn all of these rules, that that how how it's wrong to say how you feel or tell your truth or those kind of things. Um, So there's something, uh, what resonated with me is when you were saying about people to hear their own souls, Um, so... Yeah, I I, th- I think that that's um, what I'm hoping for with people. Now, the work that I'm doing in my vision, I would say that these gatherings are more helpful if they're regular. Um, sort of like how human beings have done church or other you know religious traditions or tribes have gatherings. Do you think, because I know yours are like retreats, um, do you think that we need to have these regularly, like that would, I guess that would be my argument, you know, if I was saying, uh, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah. And what I find is when people come to these experiences, I just happened, uh, this weekend, you know, as I was, I was having a conversation with the group about, okay, so they were, they were asking me, you know, what, what do we do with these now? Like, where do we go with these, the, the art of asking questions or this way of deep listening? And, uh, I think there's a way that these these practices don't have to be just in a sort of specialized retreat setting with a facilitator. they're just ways of being human and being uh, intentional and so we can we can f- find opportunities for this within groups that we have much more of a of a rhythmic pattern and are part of our you know weekly or monthly um traditions and, uh, and connection. So I, I, I uh, for example, just, uh, just this art of asking good open questions. I think that has relevance everywhere in every community. And I, and I do know there are some ongoing communities of practice that are making use of circles of trust practice and incorporate them. And I'm part of one, which is my intentional community, the rare birds that I live in this, um, intentional community that we created together. We use circle practice, uh, we use it on a monthly basis, and we use it as a way for us. And we've had clearness committee work with each other. So, so I, I, I that's probably the only community for myself that I have that uses uses utilizes these practice on an ongoing basis as a as an ongoing um, committed community to one another. Yeah,
0: I am so thankful that you ended up in Calgary yeah, this week. <laughs> Um, okay. is there anything else before we go that you feel like I just want to honor the work that you're doing in the world and, um, you know, is there anything else that you feel that you want to share?
1: Well, let me just pass that honor back to you as well. And, uh, how much I've appreciated because I've had a chance to, uh, to, to sit in circle with you in the, the tradition, uh, that you're working with and to, and experience the power of that as well. And the beauty of that. Um, uh, yeah, uh, just one, just one last thought. I've, I've had, a, I've had a some wonder lately around the fact that I wonder how much of this is, whether it's twelve steps and circle of trust, or you know, some I've, um, folks working in other sort of community building practices, you know, and um, uh, the work of Christina Baldwin, um, Circle Way. I mean, I've encountered some other uh, modalities lately, and I'm just wondering if it's all about. As humans as homo sapiens, you know with our long history uh, we're trying to find the ways that are more authentic and organic and real and our industrial and technological now society we've 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 lost some of these things you know so it's ancient wisdom it's very deep ancient wisdom it's an embedded in us I think deep in the DNA of who we are, how to sit in a circle, how to do decisions by consensus, how to really listen deeply to one another, how to pay attention to the spirit of the group. I think we were doing this for millennia, and now uh, there's a there's a longing in all of us to find this health and this way that s- seems uh, better for us than the ways in which we've um uh, our culture has kind of uh lost uh, lost a lot of this lineage and lots lots of this learning, and so we're rediscovering it together um and uh in these different expressions i, I wonder if sometimes if that's really what's kind of going on
0: i I think so, yeah. but i like I like the idea of wondering with you and I like the idea of um kind of. I think that curiosity is less threatening. I don't think that it's, I think it doesn't halt the process um, rather than, yes, we have to do this and then that brings up resistance or no, it's impossible, we can't. But that's why I I was just so excited to have you on the podcast Mm -hmm. because I definitely think that there is something happening. And I think that some of our old ways of gathering are no longer working for people, Um, But I don't know that we're totally refining our way back to um, what is uh, meaningful and just, I guess, the best chances of our soul showing up. So, yeah.
1: Thanks. And wonderful to be here with you, Jen. Thank you for the invitation.
0: Yeah, thanks for being here, Dan. Well, I hope you heard something today that keeps you coming back. In closing, I want to remind you, like any good sponsor would, that to keep it, we have to give it away. If I want to stay well, I have to get outside of myself, and the same goes for you. So, who do you know that needs this? Pass it on. Another way to carry the message is to host a meeting. It's easy, it only takes an hour, and in 12-step, if you can read, you can lead. For more info on that, go to QFaithCommunity.com. Thank you for letting me share with you today and thank you for helping in my recovery. Let's do this together one day at a time.